Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor. Your music now. This is Beat. This is Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor and in the virtual studio with me today is Seamus Fogarty. He's going to be in the locality shortly uh, as he's performing as part of the December Sound series of gigs in Kilkenny. That's coming up on the 22nd. We'll talk about that shortly. Uh, In the meantime, uh, I haven't spoken to Seamus since he released his last album, A Bag of Eyes, which was just over a year ago, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong about that. And uh, Seamus, A Bag of Eyes, that was released just about a year ago, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the fifth of November. Remember, remember the fifth of November. You think I should have known that? Yeah. Okay. Very good. Please. Was there was there any significance to the fifth of November, or did that just happen to be the date? Uh, it was a Friday. That was the only significance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't anything about you trying to overthrow the government through song or anything like that, no? No, no. That's for the next album. Yeah. Okay. Working on that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Right. Let's just talk, because I haven't spoken to you about A Bag of Eyes. I spoke to you about Curious Ham there a couple of years ago. And um, A Bag of Eyes is, uh, it's an album I very much enjoyed. And it kind of, it has cemented something in my head about your approach to music and your approach to songwriting. Uh, It seems to me, and again, please point this out now, if if I'm incorrect or I'm picking you up incorrectly or or if I'm misrepresenting you, uh, misrepresenting you. Uh, you seem to like story songs. You like a lot of your songs from The Curious Hand and A Bag of Eyes. It's you telling a story. Sometimes it's a very, it's clear that you're telling a story like um, the, uh, the the Nun song. I mean, you actually say at the start, this is a story. But then you have other songs that are like Johnny K, for example, which is clearly you're telling the story of a character. And actually you inhabit, I'm assuming you play the character Johnny K in the video. What What is it that you're trying to get across in those stories or in that approach to songwriting? Um, well, yeah, I guess a story is just like a kind of good framework to, to hang the music on, you know? And uh, I think in the Johnny K song, the, that was, uh, you know, when I, I was visiting uh, Mayo, where I'm from, and uh, my dad picked me up from the, from the airport and you know we we, we drove past uh, all of these uh, old ruins of of buildings that you know would have been inhabited by different people I would have known as a child uh, and so that's what kind of got that one uh, kind of percolating that idea of you know writing a kind of semi-fictional song about one of these uh, characters that inhabited uh, one of the houses um, so uh, yeah, and uh, the nuns example. Well, the nuns was that was more of a. I guess that was more abstract in that. Like originally, that song was just. Uh, it was just taken from a photograph, uh, a photograph of some nuns playing volleyball in Swinford. Uh, from I think it was from the seventies or the eighties, and it was just the most striking photograph. And uh, you know, again, I guess yeah, the whole kind of. My youth in 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 Mayo is obviously a, a big part of what I do too, you know, mm. on purpose or not. But like that got me thinking of, you know, growing up and the kind of nuns that are kind of ubiquitous around in priests and the Catholic Church, and but in a kind of innocent way. Um, and then so I had this song about this couple of verses about this photograph of the nuns playing volleyball, and then 
I just added the poem at the start almost as a kind of bit of a joke when I was sending it to uh, Leo, who was uh, Leo Abrams, who was mixing the album, as a kind of just to give him some context for the um, for the track. But I, I, I liked it, you know, and and I, you know, I do like to in, in, inject a bit of humour uh, into into the songs um, when I can. So yeah, um, yeah. Is songwriting always a retrospective experience for you? That was a very good question. Um, you're, 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 thank you. <laughs> no, 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 it's really good. Because it, 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 I, I think about that a lot myself. You know, just, you know, what I write about and why I write about it. Um, and I think it's becoming less retrospective and less... Uh, less kind of um i was going to say less personal but that's wrong but i mean you know i i am trying to write more i am writing more about other kind of people and other characters but kind of investing some of myself in them to to make it kind of authentic and to make it so that i'm that i can uh write something that i've that i get something out of myself um so yeah, I guess it, up to now, yeah, it's it's definitely been quite uh, retrospective. But it's it's become, well, even on the last album, it's becoming a little bit more kind of current in that. Like there's a song like Jimmy Stewart, and that's about the road that I live on in London, you know, and, and it's about the different people that live on the road. Um, so yeah, it's kind of gradually. I've kind of I've, I'm trying to clear out the. I think I've almost cleared out the kind of skeletons of the past you know and just trying to kind of uh yeah write with a kind of an eye on the present more so than an eye on the past it's probably a healthy catharsis though not not and i don't mean that there's like some trauma associated with with everything I'm, i'm not suggesting that for a second but a way that you could maybe work through things in your own head there's a song that you have and i i i get I'm going to ask you to use it. Use this as an example, only because this song has cropped up in my head as we're talking. So there's a song from the uh, the Curious Hand, and it's I I I think it's called Mexico, and I hope it, I hope I'm correct about that. Oh yeah, um, it's the one where you're t- you, you you're working on a building site in somewhere in America, and you basically yeah. get browned off with uh, with the way the foreman is treating you, and you say, "Fuck it, I'm off to Mexico." But it sounds now that just the way you're talking about it there, I'm wondering, is this your kind of way of 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 just coming to terms with that experience, whatever it was, and putting channeling that energy into some sort of a healthy exercise? Uh, I would say so. Yeah, I know. Definitely. There's there's an element of that. Yeah. And I think even that and I think that kind of start. That's how I started writing uh, my first album, uh, God Damn Me Mountain. You know, it was very much about kind of considering different events and things that had happened over, you know, the previous, you know, 10 or 15 years. And, uh, yeah, it was definitely a kind of therapeutic. And, it, and even some of the songs might have might sometimes seem melancholy, but it, it, for me, it, um, it's a kind of, it's definitely a, a positive process. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And the the Mexico one, um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, well, that was kind of in two parts. 
I'd say that the first half of it was kind of directly related to uh, to yeah my experience working on the sites in Chicago, and then the second half of it, yeah, that's me being a bit more kind of reflective. Uh, but I would have written that a couple of years later, I think. Yeah, mm. yeah. Your your sound is if if I had to describe your music to anyone, it's it's. It's kind of like 8-bit folk. And what I mean by that is that there's a melding of organic sounds like, you know, acoustic guitars and banjos and fiddles and things like that. But then you have all of these kind of lo-fi bleeps and bips mixed in as well. Um, How did you come across, how did you hit upon this style? Well, the first thing was, again, I remember when I was... uh, I was painting a basement in Chicago and I remember hearing on the radio, we used to listen to like some college uh, radio station and uh, Steve Reich came on uh, yeah. different trains. And I was like, yeah, that just kind of blew my, blew my world apart. So I was like, all right. Uh, and then when I was back in Ireland, I was like, that's, I want to do that. I want to do something. To, you know, what, I was aware of, you know, there was a kind of traditional, there was a tradition of people around my area that played music and that there was, you know, that they they would have sang songs about, um, you know, like landlords from the 1800s that lived in the area that, that other people, you know, they they were just kind of uh, local to that area. And, you know, it got me thinking, I, was, I used to listen to a lot of... Um, what's his name, the Alan Lomax or the, that anthology of American folk music as well, you know, where these guys went and archived stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of in, I want, that was something I wanted to investigate more. And, uh, so yeah, I started building up a library of kind of different musicians and people around the area. Um, but I found myself kind of drawn towards the, you know, so I'd be recording like a fiddle player, but what I, what I found for me, I really liked the them tuning up, you know, the kind of squeaks and everything. And I was like, oh yeah, no, actually this is, this is really cool. And, you know, it's a really, uh, you could build kind of, kind of interesting textures and, uh, and it was a way of kind of evoking the kind of, the, the environment and the world where we were doing this kind of interview or whatever in a, in a different way. And, uh, yeah, so that really, that, that was really the start of it. I think that idea of, um, collecting, uh, collecting sounds and rather than using samples, uh, you know, making my own kind of samples and using them as a way of kind of making my own, my music sound a bit more kind of unique or whatever. And um, yeah, and then in, in later in later years, you know, I've bought some bits of hardware, you know, some synths and drum machines and stuff. And, you know, I've tried to kind of move away from, you know, using the laptop and using using uh, built in software instruments and stuff to, to kind of restrict myself a bit more to to those instruments. Um yeah, 
and even uh, from from like for songwriting purposes, using those as a kind of starting point. Um, yeah, but to be honest, I'm trying to kind of go back to. I was trying to go because when I started writing songs, it was just a very you know, guitar whatever and sit down and and write and uh, and I'd like to go back to that a bit more. Mm. Um, yeah, you just released a techno track, didn't you? Yeah, <laughs> Being, uh, which, which is Alan the, the op- opposite of what <laughs> the techno. Did you see that? that you're, yeah, there's there's some. I, that, yeah. that, is, that isn't me though. I don't know who that is. Yeah, that's some some dude is uh, on, on Apple Music. Yeah, okay. Because I was I was just I, okay. I was. Do you know when I said at the start of the interview that was released in November a year ago? I had checked it up. I had looked it up on on Apple Music in front of me here, <laughs> and yeah. then I saw this track. Oh God, I haven't heard of this, and it was only released like last week. And I said, "Oh, I better listen to this." And it's like a techno tune. <laughs> is, is it any good? I haven't. I have. I, I was like, oh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I hope. It, yeah. <laughs> It's it's the continuity, Seamus Fogarty, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could, I could give it, I could give techno a shot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, be, yeah I, I, I think that would be an interesting Irish folk techno king. Um, you know, as long as you don't veer into Maniac Two Thousand territory. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right. kind of, that's kind of happy hardcore uh, feels <laughs> of at and right two hundred BPM. Yeah. So, so we can hear today categorically that the techno tune, uh, Seamus Fogarty. Actually, I have it here in front of me. I'm going to bring it up, uh, which is called Five AM Dubs." Is not you. No. No. Right. No. Yeah, you heard it here first, folks. Confirmed on uh, Irish Beats. Seamus Fogarty. There's going to be a lot of disappointed listeners out there. <laughs> um, I, I talk, just to go back to you were talking about technology. Yeah, and hardware. I, I, you actually kind of preempted the question I was going to ask you, but I want to just dig a little bit deeper into it, uh, because I've seen you live a number of times, and I have, have often been impressed by the physical objects that you have on stage. And I don't, I don't mean the musicians. I mean the, <laughs> uh, I mean like I remember seeing you once, and you had this big lug of it, kind of a tape recorder type thing, and you use that in a track to to play some audio that you had recorded. Uh, I think it was a bucket singer or something like that. Uh, it was a big machine thing that you were using. Yeah, uh, I can't, I, no, I can't. I don't know what the hell that be. But but or, or maybe yeah. I'm mistaken. I don't know. But but you, you certainly had things around the stage rather than a lot of people would have their laptop and yeah. you know a little thing connected up to it. You press spacebar and off you go. Um, are you are you a fan of objects? Objects uh, that have heft. Oh yeah, no, I like, I like, yeah, well, if they make a kind of interesting sound, yeah, yeah, geez, I would be, yeah, (laughs) I do, I mean, obviously, you can't, if you're going on tour and stuff, uh, you can't bring too many objects with you, but, um, no, I do, I do, I do, and and that was the other thing, when I, uh, I did go through a phase of going off into, like, um, like, pound shop or whatever, euro shops or whatever, and, and picking up, Bits. I still have, you know, bits of crap here, like from, like I have this. Um, this thing, I think it's for like holding toast, and I remember like uh, when I cut one of the prongs, and it's you know, it's 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 not like I'm not like some super nerd technoc that I can like I'm not able to like solder stuff, but uh, I can definitely break things, and you know. Uh, so what, you use that toasting? I use that on a few tracks. 
as as a what you just you cause a thing there and you use it as a little kind of a click, is it or a, 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 a as a yeah, as a click, yeah, yeah, and then whack up the yeah, then process it a little bit and uh, yeah, get it's just an interesting thing, you know. And again, it's kind of it's moving away from just using you know it like kind of beats and stuff to 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 make something that's kind of a bit percussive but also kind of musical too. Yeah, it's also going to be a unique palette. It's not going to sound like the same yeah. sample pack that everyone else has used for yeah. a million years. And then things. as well as that, you can use it for holding toast as well. It's multifunctional. Fabulous. Um, you have a gig coming up in Kilkenny. Okay, you're going to be playing on the 22nd of December. It's a Wednesday in St. Canis' uh, Cathedral. You're going to be alongside Melogian. Uh, Elise and Lemoncello. It's in aid of the Amber Women's Outreach and the O'Neill Centre. Um, Seamus, what can we expect from the gig? What are you? Any kind of tricks up your sleeve? Oh, uh, I think because I mean, the like the the cathedral will do all the work. You know, yeah. it'll be so nice. And but I, I'm going to have uh, uh, my brother. John, who who plays the box, and uh, also Emma Smith, um, and she's she's incredible. She's uh, she, she's amazing that she's played with. She's just been touring with with uh, Jarvis uh, Cocker and his new project, and um, yeah, and she's played on the last on all of my albums, as has John, um, my brother. But yeah, so I think. We'll uh, we'll just do something, yeah. Just the three of us. Well, yeah, we won't kind of won't over overdo it. And you know, it's it's a it's just such a kind of cool lineup. You know, we'll we'll do our bit and then uh, leave it to Melodian or Lemoncello or Elisa or whoever. So yeah, yeah, it's gonna be great. I always uh, the last gig I saw there was uh, was low many many years ago in in Saint Canis's. I mean, it was. Yeah, mind blown. So, really excited. Yeah, um, and good causes, and uh, yeah, and then tickets from Roller Coaster Records, of course. That's the, right, the happiest shop Indeed. in the southeast. Yes. Yeah, and no doubt you'll be able to pick up a, a, some some extra Christmas presents in there from the lads. Yeah. <laughs> it's any time I go into that shop, I mean, I go in like saying I'm going to get this one thing, and I walk out with like six things. They're, yeah, they're masters. They're masters of of uh, of sales technique. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to just talk uh, briefly uh, about Domino Records, because you know it, it's Irish artists. A lot of a lot of people now are independent. They're just doing their own thing, and there's there's pluses and minuses to that. Uh, you're with Domino Records. Uh, you know arguably one of the best in the business working today how what does that mean for you as an artist producing music to work alongside a group like that well it means that uh you know yeah uh, you know i still go on to the artist page and i still kind of uh i'm still shocked when I see that I'm, that I'm on there as well, it's just it's such a a cool thing to be, you know, because I've been in the kind of S section and beside like Steve Magnus and yeah, it's it's really cool and uh, so I feel really proud 
to to be on there. And then even besides that, like I, I went to see Villagers uh, mm. a couple of weeks ago. I mean, you know, Connor is such a phenomenal writer. So even to be kind of to be in that kind of company is 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 great. A bit daunting as well, to be honest. With you. But um, uh, yeah. Um, but it's it's they're they're an amazing uh, they're they're a great label. What can I say? Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, I'm working on another selection of tracks and a. But they're they're always there's never any kind of oh, um, you know, you should do this or you should do that. They just kind of, you know let me do my thing and that seems to be their kind of mo with with, with any other kind of artists that i mm. talk about to talk to that are on the label and i think that's one of the reasons why it's such a cool label you know um so yeah it's it's great and it's definitely opened a lot of doors um and i hope they keep opening yeah did you have any experience of record labels prior to domino yeah, I mean, I, I've always had really positive experience. Before, the first label that put, put anything out for me was Fence Records, which was an amazing label, Scottish label, mm. uh, run by King Creasote and Pictures. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and they would have put on, and James Yorkston would have been involved, and uh, it was based in Fife. Um Yeah, so there's a really kind of like Katie Tunstall and all these kind of people up there is real... Yeah, but really kind of DIY kind of um, uh, aesthetic and, and ideals running through the, the core of it. Um, so again, they're like, yeah, you just come up with something and uh, CDRs, burn your own albums and bring them along to gigs. And, and they used to put on lots of festivals. They used to put on lots of uh, like home game festivals where I, first time I saw like Fortet and John Hopkins in these places, like played in these little churches in these fishing villages up in Scotland. Incredible. So that was, they put out the first thing, um, God Eye Mountain, and then um, that label kind of split and uh, another label formed out of it, Lost Map. Uh, and Lost Map is, is an amazing label too. Um, and I put out some stuff with, with those guys. Um, and then, yeah, then Domino, uh came along in 2017 and that's that's where I've been ever since brilliant brilliant it's wonderful to hear that you've had such a positive experience of it yeah I mean I can I can totally understand you know it's not like that for everyone and it's not like that on every label mm. um but yeah well but the people you're describing there, I mean, James Yorkson, who I think is with Domino now as well, actually, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah. Like, but you're talking about people who, who are music lovers first. And when I look at the roster of Domino's artists, I'm going, they're brilliant, they're great, they're great, they're class. Not mad about this stuff, but it's interesting. You know, as I go through yeah. the charts, there's nobody there I'm going, oh, they're just a, a sales pitch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's always yeah. something to their music. Um, so I, you're in good company. And uh, as yeah. you said, long may you stay there. One last question, and it's got two parts. And uh, you can give me as broad or as shallow an answer as you like. Uh, Carlo Town, it's arguably your signature tune at this stage. <laughs> do you ever get bored of playing it? And do you still do the dance? Um... Yes, it's my signature tune and our signature dance. Um, 
do it. Jeez, I do. I don't get bored of playing. No, no, I love playing it. And I love, uh, I just played it the other week in a Union Chapel. Myself and Emma were playing before uh, the Lost Brothers. Oh, uh, It was a really special show over here in London. Um, yeah, so, no, I'm uh, I'm still playing it. And uh, and I liked, you know, the the... the Every every show, the story that goes beforehand is is a, is a bit different. So yeah, I, I I always get a kick out of it. The dance, I've done the dance for a good while. Yeah, it's probably been, uh, yeah, it's been a couple of years. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you won't be doing the dance on the 22nd of December in uh, St. Canis' Cathedral because if you do, you could be put in prison because you're not allowed. There's no dancing okay. anymore. All right. Afraid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll be dancing inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seamus Fogarty, uh, thank you so much for speaking with me today. You can catch Seamus uh, along with his crew at the uh, December Sounds gig on the 22nd of December in St. Canis' Cathedral in Kilkenny. Uh, also on the bill, Lemoncello, uh, Elite and Melogen they're all fabulous uh, there's a bunch of those gigs on as well the day before there's Bird on a Wire which is the songs of Leonard Cohen and the Monday the 20th the day before that there's Breed Lions Cormac Begley John Francis Flynn and Liam O'Mwainley and that one is in aid of the Kira Lawler Memorial Fund um, tickets are available from Roller Coaster Records in Kieran Street in Kilkenny and it's all part of Yule Fest and go into Roller Coaster Records and if you haven't picked one up already go and pick up a copy of uh, A Bag of Eyes uh, Seamus's latest record uh, you won't be disappointed Seamus thank you so much for speaking with me today uh, I wish you all the best have a very happy Christmas and uh, keep, keep, keep on dancing indeed total pleasure thanks for, for having me Irish Beats with Rob O'Connor on Beat 102 103